before I start, I'm going to ask you a favor. Tell your friends about the Laurel Hill podcast. Tell them how easy they are to enjoy on your smartphone or Bluetooth device. And if necessary, show them how to stream or download. A surprising number of people are still intimidated by the idea of podcasts. And I ask you to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. The more people who give an evaluation, the higher the show goes in the algorithms. I mean, after all, Laurel Hill is probably the only cemetery in the United States that has its own regular podcasts. Thanks for doing this. Biographical Bites from Bala, Laurel Hill West Stories, number 14, for mid-November 2022. Bushrod Washington James, physician, author, philanthropist. Fourteenth episode of Biographical Bites from Bala, Laurel Hill West Stories. Laurel Hill West is an historic and an active cemetery in Bala Kinwood, Pennsylvania. I am Joe Lex, retired professor of emergency medicine from Temple University, volunteer tour guide, and volunteer podcaster. Laurel Hill West opened in 1869 across the river from its sister cemetery, Laurel Hill East, in Philadelphia. It is more than twice as big as Laurel Hill East. It has a totally different feel and a strikingly different population. And like Laurel Hill East, it is open 365 days a year, now from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. There is plenty of parking at the business office just off Belmont Avenue or at the conservatory and the bell tower. If you enter on Belmont, follow the road past the second gate with the white line in the middle. Another possibility is to just duck in while you're walking the Kinwood Trail. There is now an audio tour that you can take, both from the Kinwood Trail and from the other entrance. Now that would be from the Pencoid entrance at Writer's Ferry across from the Pet Cemetery. Bushrod Washington James's family had arrived in the New World more than 100 years before it became the United States of America. Bushrod was one of the top homeopathic physicians in the country, loved by his patients and his fellow physicians alike. Along the way, he wrote many papers and several books, but the bequests from his will have helped thousands of people in the 120 years since his death. I will tell you his story today on Biographical Bites from Bala. Laurel Hill West Stories. 
I have a riddle for you. Would the Baseball Hall of Famers Frank Robinson and Willie Stargell, a library in northeast Philadelphia, the towns of Radnor and Pottstown, Pennsylvania, a bed and breakfast in Tennessee, and the Will's Eye Hospital have in common? The thread that connects these disparate entities is Bushrod Washington James, a Philadelphia physician and philanthropist who's interred at Laurel Hill West. Now, if you are a student of U.S. history, you probably know the name Bushrod Washington. He was a nephew of the first president. He inherited Mount Vernon, and he served as an associate justice on the United States Supreme Court from 1798 to 1829. He was the first president of the American Colonization Society, which was formed to allow formerly enslaved people to return to Africa in the newly formed country of Liberia. Bushrod Island and Bushrod University near Monrovia are named in his honor, and he is interred at Mount Vernon in Virginia. When Dr. David James, MD, a pioneer of homeopathy in Philadelphia, and his wife, the former Amanda Worthington, had a son in August 1836, that's two months before the first person was interred at Laurel Hill East, they named that son Bushrod Washington James after their family friend. The James family came to the New World from Wales in 1683, when the first David James and his wife Margaret purchased land from William Penn, and they named it after their Welsh home of Radnorshire. Nowadays, we know the community is Radnor, a mainline town that straddles the Montgomery County and Delaware County lines. A few generations later, in 1799, another David James renounced the Quaker faith and he became an itinerant Methodist preacher. This David married Elizabeth Bone of Trenton, New Jersey. Their son, Isaac James, married Henrietta Potts in 1801. Now, the Potts family can also be traced six generations back before Bushrod was born. Henrietta was granddaughter of Rebecca Grace. She was one of the first people in Pennsylvania to liberate her enslaved people. Their family patriarch, Thomas Potts Sr., had come from Wales in 1630. Thomas Potts Jr. was born in 1680, and he was appointed sheriff of the Corporation of Germantown in 1702. He married Martha Curlis in 1699 in Abington. Her family had come to the colonies with Daniel Pastorius, the founder of Germantown. Thomas became friends with Benjamin Franklin. He was one of the first subscribers when Franklin started the Philadelphia Library Company in 1732. Thomas and Martha had a son named John Curlis Potts, born in 1710. He went on to found the community of Pottstown and was Bushrod's great-great-great-great-grandfather. John Curlis Potts married Ruth Savage. Their son Thomas, born in 1735, grew up to be a friend of George Washington and other founding fathers. Thomas's son John, the one who founded Pottstown, was a battlefield surgeon during the Revolutionary War. Bushrod James' grandfather, Isaac Potts, was the seventh son of John Potts and established an iron foundry, which he called Valley Forge, and he kept a home nearby where Martha Washington stayed when she came to visit George at the battlefield. 
Family legend has it that Thomas Potts was the first to discover anthracite coal seams in Pennsylvania and determine its value when compared to bituminous. So Isaac James of Radnor married Henrietta Potts in 1801, and they had nine children together. Their third son, again named David, was one of the first students at the newly established Jefferson Medical School in Philadelphia. He graduated in 1828. But David read the works of German physician Samuel Hahnemann and became a disciple of homeopathic medicine. David married Amanda Worthington, a Hicksite Quaker who was voted out of meeting for marrying a Methodist. Their first son and their second child was Bushrod Washington James. He was born at Somerton in what is now the far northeast of Philadelphia. He was born there on 25 August 1836. Thus, Bushrod Washington James could claim direct blood connection with the founders of Germantown, Radnor, and Pottstown. Bushrod received a private education until he was accepted at Philadelphia Central High School. He traveled whenever he could, and he visited Niagara Falls when he was 17 years old. While admiring the torrential river from an island, his foot slipped on a wet rock, and he almost fell in. He also took his first trip to Europe, but he got sick while he was visiting Rome. These trips gave him the traveling bug, and his life was interrupted every few years by long exploratory trips to Europe and the Middle East. Bushrod was his father's constant companion during medical rounds and decided to follow in his footsteps, but rather than attend Penn or Jefferson, both allopathic institutions, Bushrod attended the Homeopathic Medical College of Pennsylvania. It was at 229 Arch Street. This school had been established by Hahnemann disciple and German immigrant Constantine Herring, who was also interred at Laurel Hill West. I talked about him in an earlier podcast called Fathers of American Medicine. The building on Arch was later the site for Women's Medical College when it opened in 1850. Another of the school's co-founders was Jacob Jeans, 1800-1877. He's interred at Laurel Hill East, Section S, Lot 28. It was Jeans's sister, Anna, who established the Jeans Fund, also known as the Negro Rural School Fund, to educate freed and enslaved people in the South many years after the Civil War. She was also the founder of what we now know as Jeans Hospital. She is interred at Fairhill Burial Ground. Bushrod graduated with honors in 1857 at age 21, and he received the degrees of MD and HMD. While in school, he took advanced dissection courses from David Hayes Agnew at his Philadelphia School of Anatomy and Surgery. I talked about Agnew in a recent podcast about James Garfield connections. Bushrod was placed in charge of the large dispensary associated with the medical college, and then he opened his own infirmary at 19th and Wallace Streets in the Fairmount neighborhood of the city. In addition to his private practice, Bushrod joined many medical and civic organizations. For seven years, he was attending physician to the Northern Home for Friendless Children, that was at the northeast corner of Brown and 23rd Street. It had been established in 1854, just a few blocks from Girard College. It was here that he developed an interest 
and a method of treating contagious ophthalmia, a general term for many types of eye infection. He was proud that no child he cared for ever lost their sight. He also became eye specialist at the Children's Homeopathic Hospital for 17 years. He was an astute clinician. He seemed to see everything and act quickly. His patients remarked how gentle he was and how self-confident he seemed. Children were drawn to his gentle demeanor, and he especially loved caring for poor children. He said that their smiles and their gratitude were worth more than any money he could have made taking care of others. On cold or rainy days, he was known to send patients back to their homes from his office in his personal carriage when they had no money for a trolley. He always tried new medicines on himself before giving any of them to his patients. And unlike many others who cared for the destitute, he never experimented on his patients. Yet despite his apparent mild manner, he could be snappish if other clinicians hesitated in caring for their patients. Although he maintained his Quaker pacifist roots, he did not hesitate to drop everything and go to the battlefront at Antietam in 1862 and Gettysburg in 1863 when he heard about the carnage and the need for medical help. He also volunteered at a hospital in Philadelphia that was caring for the wounded. Later, in 1890, he wrote his personal remembrances in the book, Echoes of Battle. He said, I believe that the more fully we realize at what fearful cost the independence of the United States and the preservation of the whole Union were attained, the more surely the American people will always protect the country from a recurrence of distrust and rebellion. And I sincerely hope that no battle cry will ever again resound in our Union, and that no misunderstanding will ever arise which a peaceful interchange of opinions may not rectify. He was politically conservative, but he advocated for women's suffrage, and he recognized that it was the dawn of a new era in which women would be men's equals. He looked forward to the benefits to be gained by having women in politics, although he personally never found a lifelong companion, and he remained a bachelor throughout his life. He was annoyed by the Chinese Exclusion Act, which he felt prevented an opportunity for people from a heathen land to learn the one true religion of Christianity. He worked closely with Dr. Alfred Steele, 1813-1890, to 1890, Laurel Hill East, Section 1, was co-founder of the American Medical Association and who in 1869 had given the first medical lecture anywhere to a mixed male and female audience. And by the year 1900, 12% of practicing homeopaths in the country were women. Dr. James had been rather severely mauled by a dog as a small boy and he had a lifelong aversion to canines. He carried a heavy cane with him wherever he went in case he needed to fend off an attack. Bushrod James was a renowned traveler. In 1867, he visited Paris as a national delegate from the American Institute of Homeopathy that was to the French Homeopathic Medical Congress, and he presented a medical essay. In 1870, he took a long vacation to the western United States, where he fell in love with California, and especially the Yosemite Valley. 
While there, he purchased property in the young city of Oakland from John W. Brumigan and three small land parcels in the budding village of Coronado. At the time, Oakland, which had been incorporated in 1854, had a population of 10,500. In 1873, Bushrod's father, Dr. David James, died, and he was interred at Laurel Hill East, Section X, that's 287 to 289. Bushrod was also delegate to a meeting in London in 1881, but this time he swung up through the Scandinavian countries before he visited Egypt and the Holy Land. While he was in Palestine, he tasted water from the Dead Sea, and he bathed in the River Jordan. In 1887, it was Basel, Switzerland, where he read a paper and traveled to several more countries. And while at the World Congress in London, he took a side trip to Wales, where he studied his genealogy. On a trip to Italy, he climbed Mount Vesuvius during a period of its activity, and he came away with burn holes in his clothing and his hat. And while in Sicily, he climbed Mount Etna. He had numerous publications, both articles and books. For 17 years, he served as surgical editor and sanitary science editor of the American Observer in Detroit. For many years, he was president of the American Literary Union and of the Hahnemann Club of Philadelphia. From 1880 to 1888, he was business manager of the Hahnemannian Monthly. Among his many books were Alaskana, or Legends of Alaska, American Resorts and Climates, and The Dawn of a New Era. He was also on the advisory board of the Hahnemann Medical College, and for 25 years served as a trustee of the Spring Garden Institute. He even served as president of the Pennsylvania State Medical Society. And he was professor of physiology and climatology and sanitary science in the women's department of the University of the State of New York, which earned him an honorary membership in the New York State Medical Society. He also wrote poems, one of which, A Song of Hope, was set to music by his friend John Sweeney. Another poem recalled his days as a battlefield surgeon. Oh, the cries of the crushed were fearful, but the silence was worse by far, for each dead one would cause a heartbreak, each absence would leave a scar. Blood wet was the field of carnage, tear wet would be many a face, when the morrow had told the story of this terrible battle place. So, what did Bushrod do for fun? Well, he was vice president of the Pennsylvania Fish and Game Protective Association and a member of the American Fisheries Association for the care of the food fishing interests in the United States. And he belonged to the Masons, the Knights Templar, Masonic Veterans, the Union League, the Horticultural Society, the Franklin Institute, Pennsylvania Historical Society, Sons of the Revolution, the Academy of Natural Sciences, and the Authors Guild of America. And rather than join the First City Troop, he belonged to the Corinthian Chasseur Commandery of Philadelphia, another voluntary military organization with stunning uniforms and hats. Leader in life, Dr. Bushrod James opened a private hospital for his own patients who could not afford to be admitted anywhere else. He treated them at no charge, and he often gave them free lenses for their glasses. 
Eventually, this became known as the Bushrod James Eye and Ear Institute. A women's auxiliary conducted fundraisers to supply free glasses to his patients. He kept meticulous records on each of his patients. And throughout his life, he was always studying. Everything he saw had great meaning to him. Bushrod Washington James died of pneumonia on 6 January 1903. He was 66 years old, and he was buried at Monument Cemetery on North Broad Street at Burke's, which had opened in 1838 as direct competition to Laurel Hill Cemetery. He ordered that, quote, his services be Methodistic and his interment Masonic. The bequests of his will were announced 10 days later. Because of his writing and his reputation, Dr. Bushrod James had been awarded an honorary LLD from the American Temperance University in Harriman, Tennessee. This school ran for 15 years, from 1893 to 1908, and enrolled as many as 245 students each year in the dry town of Harriman. Dr. James' contribution to the university in his will was an 1892 Victorian home he had purchased after the death of its owner and builder, Samuel K. Page, a wealthy manufacturer. This building became the Bushrod W. James Hall of Domestic Science for Young Ladies, where Victorian ladies learned the arts of etiquette, entertaining, proper table settings, and running a household. The home was preserved after the university closed. It is now a bed and breakfast on the National Register of Historic Places. Its mosaic wood floors, high ceilings, and beautifully crafted woodwork make it a popular stop for people visiting Harriman and the not-so-distant Louisville. If you're interested, visit their website, www.bushrodhall.com. Another bequest was for $55,000 to establish the Washington James Eye and Ear Institute at Island Beach, New Jersey. Island Beach is on one of the barrier islands, and in 1965, it was absorbed into Berkeley Township. The territory now comprises Island Beach State Park. The money instead went to the city of Philadelphia, and in 1934, it went to establishing the James Eye and Ear Institute on the mezzanine of Will's Eye Hospital, which then was at 1601 Spring Garden Street. Dr. James left $40,000 as an endowment fund for the city of Philadelphia for a free library, which he intended to be used especially by children, the aged, and the blind. Today, you can find the Bushrod Library in Northeast Philadelphia at 6304 Castor Avenue. It is one of the 55 free library branches in the city. He also left the city three houses, books, relics, and jewels. The three plots of land in Coronado, California, adjacent to San Diego, were purchased when less than a thousand people lived there. At his death, the land was to go back to the city with a stipulation that Coronado erect a school for instruction of young children to be called the Bushrod Washington James Institute. And when the city of Coronado looked at this bequest, they decided there was not enough money to follow up on Bushrod's request they returned the land to his estate. It was sold at market value and the money added to his estate. So here is your final piece of the puzzle. 
the one that ties Baseball Hall of Famers Frank Robinson and Willie Stargell, as well as Kurt Flood, who should be in the Hall of Fame, and Veda Pinson to our Philadelphia physician. When he died, Dr. Bushrod Washington James had never used the land he purchased in Oakland, California in 1870, but he had let the locals use it as a park. By 1900, the city's population had swollen to 67,000 and would more than double in the following decade. In his will, he said, I give and devise to the city of Oakland, Alameda County, in the state of California, my entire lot of ground, now known as Bushrod Park, in the city of Oakland, containing six and sixty-nine hundredths of an acre of land, to be maintained as a public park, forever to be called as aforesaid Bushrod Park. The land was estimated at the time to be worth about sixteen thousand dollars. Many children growing up in Oakland in the 1940s and 1950s played their Little League and American Legion games at Bushrod Park, including the Hall of Famers that I mentioned earlier. And although I cannot find proof, it seems logical that greatest of all time basketball player Bill Russell, who went to high school with Frank Robinson, probably played on the grounds also. Other NBA players who spent time there include Gary Payton, Brian Shaw, Jason Kidd, and Leon Powell. For several years, the Oakland Raiders used Bushrod Park as its practice facility. Hall of Fame tennis player Don Budge, an Oakland native, used to walk to the park to play against friends and crosstown rivals. For many years, Bushrod Park was the gathering place for top-notch amateur athletic events in Oakland. There was even a Bushrod League, and in case you're wondering, the term Bush League predates the park by several years. Now the whole neighborhood surrounding the park is known as the Bushrod District, and the Bushrod Recreational Center of Oakland provides a free indoor gym for volleyball, basketball, and badminton, a multi-purpose room available for gatherings, two baseball fields, a playground, three lighted tennis courts, several outdoor basketball courts, picnic areas, and a softball field. Monument Cemetery fell into disrepair starting in the 1920s. Temple University bought the land in the mid-1950s. It is now the site of athletic fields and a parking lot, although an original wall still stands along Broad Street. Approximately 28,000 bodies were reinterred to Lawnview Memorial Park in Rockledge, Pennsylvania, Abington Township. Most of the grave markers were dumped in the Delaware River to serve as a riprap during construction of the Betsy Ross Bridge, and they're still visible on the shores at low tide. Laurel Hill tour guide Tom Keels talks about Monument Cemetery in his book, Philadelphia Graveyards and Cemeteries, as does local author Ed Snyder in his book, The Cemetery Traveler. If you ever have a chance to see Ed Snyder give his talk on Monument Cemetery, do so. It is absolutely fascinating. He is probably the world's leading expert on that abandoned cemetery. Now, Bushrod was spared this indignity of removal to a mass grave, and despite having no living descendants, his remains were rescued and they were moved in 1956. Someone at City Hall had the presence of mind 
to take some of the money bequeathed to the city by Dr. Bushrod Washington James, and they used it to find him an eternal resting place in the West Lawn section of Laurel Hill West. His gravestone gives his name, permanent dates, and then says simply, physician, author, philanthropist. His legacy is the people who continue to benefit from his generosity. I'm sure you've noticed by now we are Laurel Hill East and Laurel Hill West. Laurel Hill East in Philadelphia, Laurel Hill West in Bala Kinwood. I encourage you again, become a member of the Friends of Laurel Hill and you get some terrific member benefits. You get discounts on tours at both cemeteries and in the gift shop. Members only tours, including two annual members only inside the mausoleum tours and two members only podcasts. Christmas is coming up. Treat yourself. Membership is a terrific gift for yourself, for your friends and relatives who share your love for Laurel Hill East and Laurel Hill West. The December edition of All Bones Considered Laurel Hill Stories will be about tobacco connections at the two cemeteries. German immigrant Otto Eisenlohr, whose best-selling brand Cinco was the ultimate five-cent cigar in our country. Cuban immigrant Juan Portuando, whose brand always meant hand-wrapped quality. Caleb Milne Jr., who rented his building on Washington Avenue to a cigar-making firm. In 1902, there was a false fire alarm, but it caused panic among the immigrant girl workers, many of whom did not speak English, and many of whom were killed in the stampede. And Walter Garrett ran the biggest and most profitable snuff factories in the country. When he died, everything went to his wife, Henrietta. Despite his warnings to her and more than 30 years to prepare, Henrietta apparently never made a will of her own. And when she died a rich woman, chaos ensued. Four terrific stories for you. I'm going to release them on Thanksgiving Day so you'll have something to listen to while doing the dishes. The podcast is called simply Cigars, Cigarettes, and Biographical Bites from Bala, Laurel Hill West Stories, number 15 in mid-December. Well, get ready for some organ music. Maybe you'd better listen to this podcast on a Sunday morning, because if you are of a certain age and you grew up in the Philadelphia area, Sunday morning meant the television was tuned so your mother or your grandmother could watch and listen to Larry Ferrari, the Quaker City's edition of Liberace. Either you loved him or you felt that his show would never end. His final resting place is with his mother at Laurel Hill West. If you want self-guided tours, they're available for both cemeteries. For Laurel Hill East, download the app. For Laurel Hill West, you can find it with your podcasts. There's a walkthrough from the Kinwood Trail entrance to the Pencoid exit, and then there's another one in the opposite direction. If you do the round trip, and if you stop along the way to admire the glass in the mausoleums or take a rest, it's about two hours of stopping at stones, peeping in mausoleums, and hearing about nearly a hundred people who helped make Philadelphia what it is today. 
I'm going to let you look up what the upcoming tours and activities are. There are still some activities in December, although we are slowing down for the holidays. Go to the website, laurelhillphl.com slash events, and that will tell you all of the upcoming tours and the book club and various other activities. I am Joe Lex, retired professor of emergency medicine from Temple University, volunteer tour guide at both cemeteries, and volunteer podcaster for both cemeteries. Maybe I'll see you on a tour. Stay safe, stay well. The bibliography is up next. Almost all of what I told you about Bushrod Washington James came from various newspaper articles, but there were three very helpful publications that I used also. The first is History of the Homeopathic Medical College of Pennsylvania. It's written by Thomas Lindsley Bradford. It was published in Philadelphia by Berakey and Taffel. Berakey is B-O-E-R-I-C-K-E. Tafel, T-A-F-E-L. It's an 1898 publication. There is a tribute to Bushrod Washington James, A-M-M-D-L-L-D. It's from the Transactions of the American Microscopical Society, Volume 25, 26th Annual Meeting, September 1904, pages 160 to 162. The best source by far, is a tiny booklet. It's simply called Bushrod Washington James, A-M-M-D-L-L-D, a biographical sketch. The author is not identified, and it's only about 40 pages of text, but it gave me most of the information that uh, I wanted to find out about Bushrod in life. As far as his bequests, as I said before, most of that came from various newspapers. Also, the Historical Society of Coronado, California, was very helpful in assisting me to find out what happened to the bequest that he had made to Coronado. They just decided they couldn't do it, so they gave gave the money back. And I did not find that on my own. That actually came from the Historical Society. As usual, if you want any copies of my references, just email me, joe at joelex.net, and I'll be happy to share with you. Until the next time, stay safe, stay well.